Hello, welcome to 25 Cents, a video game podcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Nick. Each episode, we'll be talking about games we've tried, other games we keep going back to, and what we think might be great ones to check out if you've got kids. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts, of course, or on the web at goodstuff.fm. Hey, Nick. Welcome back to the show. Hello. It has been, it has a, been a while. A minute, yeah, a hot minute or two. <laughs> I think uh, uh, work schedules and travel, uh, what, you went camping, yes. I did a staycation, kind of got off got off the wagon a little bit there, and now we're, we're going to try to get back into our routine of recording a little <laughs> which, bit. Which routine is that? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, was it sort of every other week? It, it doesn't really matter. We're we're having fun. That's yeah, what matters. Exactly. I, I marvel and I have full respect for podcasters who are able to just, consi- especially when it involves other people, that they're able to consistently yeah. do it every week. And I, yeah, obviously when it's your full-time job too, that makes it a little easier if that's the case. But even there's lots of podcasters out there I know who are consistent week after week, even though they have kids, even though they have a full-time job, even though they have a million other things, somehow they, they manage to do it. And uh, I am the... The weak link in our podcasting chain at Good Stuff—that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I mean, you—you you have a real, uh, a different kind of real podcasting job, right? right. <laughs> that's what you I've been telling people. I only listen to podcasts flowing. if they—if people pay me. So I guess I need someone to pay me <laughs> to do this podcast. Is is what I'm saying? But I don't think we're quite there yet. <laughs> no, uh, need need to need to juice those numbers a little bit. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I think. Uh, uh, wh- uh, last week during during my staycation, my my son and I did a tent camp out in the middle of the living room. But I think you had a more interesting uh, outdoor adventure, right? Yeah, we were tenting, tent trailering, not tenting, but tent trailering. And so definitely, it's a you know in Canada, nor we're not far north. I mean, we're northern north, more north than you, <laughs> where you are, obviously. But um, there's still a lot more north to go from where I am. And even when we had two hours <laughs> north. There's still a lot more north to go. Um, but that being said, when it gets down to 8, 10 degrees Celsius at night in a tent trailer, and for the first few days, we didn't really figure out if we hadn't figured out if the furnace was working to heat the camper. And so it was a little chilly at night, I'd have to say. And uh, But uh, we made do. And then, yeah, one day I finally got up the nerve. I, I'm always nervous with like natural gas in an enclosed space for some reason. I don't know. I'm weird that way. Propane, you know, running while you're sleeping. <laughs> stuff yeah and yeah you read enough horror stories yeah, yeah like a 20 someone 30 year old camper and like who knows what the lines are like so anyways finally last night we we're like no let's fire this up and try it and it worked and it was like oh we could have been having nice warm sleeps all all week but that's i guess the stuff of character building so but yeah yeah i, I just had to realize i can't sleep like right on a thin pad on a floor anymore <laughs> <laughs> But it was fun. We yeah. haven't re- we haven't actually really used that tent outside yet, but yeah. maybe when he's a little older. Yeah, definitely. It's uh, our kids actually slept in the tent in our backyard a couple nights this summer uh, on warmer nights, obviously, and by themselves even. And so it was always kind of an adventure. We had a, our window was right next to where the tent was, so we could hear you know what's going on or whatever. But they were always yeah managed to sleep and not get eaten alive by mosquitoes and things. And so yeah, it's something to look forward to as they get a little older for sure. So in uh, speaking of kids, I guess in kids' corner, I think we should, let's just skip over quarantine corner. I'm I'm COVID. COVID is still going on, obviously. It's yeah. Still a thing. I, there, there's not much to say other than school is, I guess, happening and it's going to be weird. Yeah. 
I'm going to be living in uh, terror and or uh, anxiety for the next three months here as we <laughs> share the germ pool <laughs> with 30 other children across our three kids. So I guess probably 90 kids. And so it's going to be interesting. Yeah. But it is what it is. Uh, kids got to learn, I guess. Mm-hmm. But uh, the uh, our kids actually haven't, we, we decided not to to bring the switch along on the trips, any of the trips we did a like camping trip and we did a cabin trip and, and all the things we decided not to bring it along at all. So we kind of went screen free other than bring a, an old iPhone along to listen to podcasts and things. So my kids are now like devouring this week. They've, you know, dove head on headlong into, uh, um, yeah, Fortnite and Minecraft, as I said at the beginning, mm-hmm. but what's, uh, what kind of games have you been camping with? <laughs> um, yeah. So I think, we haven't played quite as many games. We kind of keep, um, you know, just dances in the rotation on on Switch. And um, I think lately the the new Apple Arcade releases have not, there haven't been as many that are kid appropriate, you know, mm-hmm. to, to play together. Um, although uh, he and I were playing uh, Evil Land 2 on uh, Listener Jay's recommendation. Um, so we've been slowly working our way through that. And that, that's been fun. And we played a little more. We went back to, um, was it Game Dev Tycoon, I think? Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> um, uh, right now, my son's very interested in sort of the idea of making games, game design. You know, he's been fiddling around with Scratch programming again. So he's oh, kind of, that's, that's where we are. Um, I think uh, one thing we've run into a few weeks ago was, you know, he was like browsing the App Store. And he actually, it was late enough in the day, he saw an app icon for, I guess, like, the game Five Nights at Freddy's, which I don't really know anything about, but there's like a scary murderous teddy bear or something in the app icon. And he ended up having a bad dream about oh, no. that, which is interesting because like we've got it fairly locked down, but you know, you, you still see some of the previews when you're in the app store yeah. uh, scrolling. So we might have to make some adjustments there. <laughs> um, well, I mean, yeah, and- when, when you're six, you never know what images stick with you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's def- definitely fair. And like for the, uh, here, I'm just going to zoom into the current application, but it's definitely like a freaky looking bear for anybody watching on the stream. Um, it, it's yeah, not like a cuddly bear. That's for sure. <laughs> so I can understand that. So, yeah. And it's, it is interesting how, uh, you never know what kids are going to, what's going to set them off in that, like the dream mm-hmm. nightmare or whatever kind of stuff. Cause it's, it can be the most we've watched, you know, some insane, like, fantasy dragon whatever thing but then actually for our oldest it was like captain america i forgot which one which one but like the first or second one the like just the gun battle uh when he i think when nick fury dies or sorry i guess maybe it's a spoiler almost dies maybe he dies who knows but (laughs) i'm assuming it's okay to spoil (laughs) captain america at this point but anyways the gun battle and that was like the thing that like gave him nightmares for two weeks two nights or whatever after the fact too intense yeah, yeah, the reality of it all, and and whereas we were like, oh well, it's obviously fake guns, and you know, you whatever, but yeah, you never know what kind of little thing is going to get stuck in their brain and um, run with. So, um, how about switches? Switch switches? Switch corner? Yeah, switch, switch switching corner. switching to switch corner switchia. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So, like I said, we we've, we've been playing a bit of of just dance. Uh, yeah, so that's kind of like when we're both kind of feeling like we've been sitting in front of a screen too long, you know, kind of, kind of thing. Um, uh, that's, that's basically been it on switch. Everyone's while we do Mario Kart. I think lately we've been busier with the new puppy. So we haven't maybe sat down and oh, done yeah. quite as much, uh, game time. And, uh, and he's been more interested in some of his screen time. Like I said, being kind of, 
uh, making music or, or doing more like sort of programming things on, on the family iPad than, than full game gameplay. Um, but it looks like there's a lot of neat stuff coming for switch. That's definitely on my mind. Um, they just had their indie world showcase this past week that had a bunch of stuff, including some Apple arcade games now being available on switch, which, which I think we've mentioned before, but I saw uh, manifold garden got highlighted so it's interesting, you know, seeing some of these developers, they're obviously working in engines that port really easily, but they decide to go Apple Arcade first. So they get the four platforms there and presumably, you know, some help from Apple. But then it's obviously not entirely exclusive because then they can eventually uh, go to other platforms or, or you know, maybe have other deals involved, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, I think we mentioned you know, the Paper Mario game looks really interesting. I haven't tried it yet, but might might put that one on like my birthday wish list yeah yeah that one looks looks like a lot of fun it's uh i've never played any of the paper mario games but i think that that to me looks like a fun one to sort of like we didn't pick up any of the actual mario games for our switch because we'd played them on i think the uh what did we have before gamecube maybe or whatever it was i forget which one we had before mm-hmm. but um and they you know so they were excited about it but not like enough to spend 80 bucks on the game um and so uh, we tried actually Luigi's Mansion. We rented that for a little bit. And that one, Luigi's Mansion 3, I guess, technically. But that one was actually fairly fun. I, I spent an evening with that one. The kids did it a bit, but they would also, there's, it's stinking Fortnite. But it has some events always that's going yeah. on and like you can't give that's up. That's the priority. Yeah, it, it's because it's urgent. Yeah. There's Paper Mario or any video, other video game basically is like always be there. But there's always something new happening in Fortnite that they've heard about. And so they have to try it. Not the least of which is the stupid Marvel tie. Not not stupid, like, I think it's cool Marvel tie-in to Fortnite. But again, it's just like this big, of course, we have to pay attention to Fortnite thing now. So, um, but yeah, Paper Mario looks like a, it actually would be a lot of fun. I never, I remember seeing it like back for whatever platform it first came out on. I thought, ah, that's not going to be that. That doesn't look, it didn't appeal to me, I guess. But maybe something now about understanding the graphics and the visuals and the gameplay and just wanting a good Mario game, I think, too, to sort of dive into. Yeah. It's the bigger one. Yeah, I haven't played any of the previous ones. And it looks like it has some elements. I, I know I played um, Super Mario RPG, which mm-hmm. was the the Square um, collaboration with the Mario license way back on Super Nintendo. Yeah. Um, and it looks like it has elements of that. So that would be fun. Um, and I, I saw, uh, I just saw the trailer for what Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker saga. So yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I think it's mostly new content, but, you know, kind of covering all nine movies in one coherent story is coming out next spring on many platforms, including Switch. And that that one might be pretty tempting because I've, I've played a lot of the Lego games uh, over the years on a number of different platforms. Um, and those are usually pretty fun, especially with with kids. Yeah, and if especially if they've updated some of the earlier games or, or done you know made, fixed bugs and and puzzles that were kind of awkward or whatever. I remember when we played them way back when um, when they first came out. Some of the first few episodes that they did, there's yeah, if you, it was frustrating, I guess, for the kids to play because you get stuck in a level, and it was obvious it wasn't just like they couldn't figure out the puzzle. It was like some mechanics in the game made it really awkward to do. Yeah. Um, I- I think they're more cinematic now too. So Mm -hmm. like the, the older ones, it was pretty much like, all right, you know, here's this level. You need this guy to like jump the gaps or whatever, or, or knock over the special bricks. And then you can build things to, to get to the next section every once in a while. But, um, this one seems to have more, uh, big stuff, uh, compared to when I think I played the, 
the original trilogy version uh, years ago or, or yeah. some of the old Indiana Jones ones. Yeah. Yeah. Those were the ones. Um, yeah. They were a little rough around the edges, I guess. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, it'll be fun to, but still fun. I know my oldest too is like, even though he's played most of those, he's watched all the movies. There's something about the Lego version that's like fun to play. And and he's actually like tempted to save his money and, and use that to buy the, the Lego Star Wars and whether, I don't know, we, we mm-hmm. always, I'm always torn because like the Switch is a fun mobile platform. The Xbox with, that we have is like easily configured and set up to go with four controllers. <laughs> and so I guess it's the gluttony of choice, but like which platform do you buy it for? I'd kind of like to do it on the switch just because then it's portable. Um, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see where, where it lands, I guess, if we end up doing anything at all, but it's a fun, fun game. Yeah. And then, um, so app, uh, in Apple arcade, like I said, uh, a, a bit ago, there've been a number of new releases. I haven't tried all of them. I've tried a few. Um, so one was, um, decoherence, which is this sort of like tactical arena robot turret, battle game um i'd actually played a demo of it at the pax west i think 2018 indie mega booth here in seattle um so the developer had an early version and you know it seemed okay um uh my son and i tried it briefly because it had a multiplayer mode and he loves robots um Mm -hmm. but it's definitely just the difficulty level is is too high uh for him in terms of the actual uh tactics gameplay um, and, and I kind of had the same feeling again, this just isn't really the, the game for me. It's like, you know, not, not the kind of core loop that I, I really enjoy in terms of, you know, building the right team of little robots and sending them against each other and, and, you know, beating the level. Um, and we also is had it, some weird issues getting multiple real time story. Well. Just, is that one real time? Yeah, it it's, like it's real time. Right. So like sort of at the beginning of every round, you know, you decide the the makeup of your team and you place your your uh, team members, which are different types. You know, there might be like a stationary turret or a really fast moving flying robot or like a heavy tank type robot. And you, you place them on the board and then you can try to kind of control them in different strategies. And you have a hero character that can hop in some of the robots for different uh, power ups and you can like knock out their base or destroy all their robots or it's kind of a mix of, of um, approaches you can take. So if you're really into that kind of uh, tactical simulation, it's pretty good. I, it, it definitely to me feels like a more of a PC style game, like real time strategy ish that doesn't quite fit the the platform. Um, I mean, it's definitely optimized for mobile, but yeah, it just just not for me, I think. Um, but if if that's the kind of thing you like, uh, it could be pretty fun. Um, it looked like there were a lot of levels and game modes. Um, like I said, we tried multiplayer, but we had some weird issues where, like, I hadn't completed the tutorial yet on my install of the app, and so then it it just crashed instead of connecting and didn't tell us why, and um, so some little weird rough edges uh, there. Um, and as with other arcade games, the multiplayer setup is still kind of weird, right? Like you have to send an iMessage with the Game Center invite link. Like it's just, it's just not, it's not quite there. Like yeah. it, it seems like there should be a little matchmaking Game Center menu, like on other platforms, and there's, it's just not there. Yeah, that's um, that's definitely the, the frustration I think of uh, of the iOS App Store, Apple Arcade even thing. It feels like this should be really easy, and it isn't and yep. or isn't as easy as it should be anyways. Yeah. And so yeah. I, I know it's, it's one of our refrains. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Let's see. One of the, one of the other ones I tried recently was um, Beyond a Steel Sky, which is this uh, kind of um, a high end uh, RPG. I guess it's it's based on a an old game um, that I was not previously familiar with. Um, that came out years ago, like an old style uh, RPG, and it's kind of. Um, Related to like 2000 AD and involves one of the artists of that old um, kind of post-apocalyptic sci-fi British series that like Judge Dredd came out of. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, and then you have the, the the core mechanic is you're like walking around in this world and having conversations with the different characters. And there's kind of a Mass Effect style dialogue dial, you know, that you choose your different options that to try and unlock things. Um I didn't get very far. It seems like it'd be interesting, but it's also one of those games where it, it's not a pick up and play. You you definitely need to be like, okay, I'm going to go, you know, experience this story for for an hour or two um, or more. Um, so I, I could see maybe eventually uh, finishing it. it. It's got some some sci fi elements I like. Unfortunately, you know, definitely not appropriate to play with <laughs> with my kid, even though he would be kind of interested in the sort of futuristic setting. Uh, content wise, it's not, not, not for, uh, an almost seven year old, I would say. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Which is always tough, obviously to sure. Like you can see that the appeal and I know I've aired sometimes on the side, not that I've let my play, kids play like Grand Theft Auto, but, but like there's games like where you're like, Oh, they so like, it'd be so fun to play the running around in this open world game style thing. But obviously without all the murder, <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> would be a little problematic to say the least. And so I, uh, sometimes I know I've, uh, again, not don't throw me out of the bus for playing Grand Theft Auto with my kid, but I definitely have played games. I can't think of right now that were like, okay, this is probably not as good as I thought it would be. For <laughs> Yeah. There, there've been a few, even, you know, where it's like in that, the kind of the difference between like E for everyone and like the E10 ESRB rating, uh, is, like some, it, like we were saying about you know movies that end up being scary. It's like some stuff is just like nope, we just got to stop playing. You know, this is obviously too much. Yeah. Um, but uh, so the 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 one more story oriented game that I have been putting more time into is this uh, Game of Thrones Tale of Crows, uh, which is very much a mobile game. Um, you know, it's a little drop in, choose your own adventure type thing where you get a little snippet of story every. You know, anywhere from a couple minutes to a couple of hours, depending on where you are in the story. Um, it's kind of like, uh, what was that? Was it Lifeline? Was that early Apple Watch game that came out where you were like talking to an astronaut on your wrist? I don't know if you remember no, yeah, the hype that. around that one. Yeah. Yeah. So so similar idea, you know, every once in a while you, you make a decision. Um, what surprises me is, so this is under like HBO's license to make games set in Game of Thrones. So, you know, that they use the Game of Thrones branding, not a Song of Ice and Fire branding. So it seems to be oriented to the TV show, but it's all set in the sort of the distant past of the Night Watch. And it's all just about the Night Watch on the wall. And there's kind of two main mechanics. You can send out ranging missions and, and they'll go north of the wall and, you know, interact with different, uh, characters, um, or, or groups of characters from, that you might remember from the books, like the wildlings and the um, uh, the dead, and and so forth. Um, or you're the Lord Commander sitting at Castle Black, kind of making decisions about how to manage the watch. And 
you can play through multiple times because each chapter has like three or four possible outcomes depending on which decisions you make. So you can go back and you know try to get one of the other ones. Um, it's interesting. I really like the graphic style. It it feels like it could benefit from being able to like zoom in and kind of see more of the detail. Mm. Um, it seems really odd that this game came out now, you know, over a year after the the show ended because that was what was really driving the interest. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I liked it. I, I think you've been reading the books lately, right? Yeah. And that's what I was going to say, what could pull me back into just even, you know, doing Apple Arcade for a month subscription or whatever, and then canceling again is like a game like this where, especially because, yeah, I am, I'm reading the, um, I always forget all the name, uh, Dance with Dragons, I think is what I'm on. They kind of, especially once you watch the, I watched the TV series first, now I'm reading the books and they kind of all blur together because it's, I can't remember which story is where in which season, but um, yeah, Dance with Dragons. So it's the last book that's out right now, I think. Um, yes. But yeah, it definitely, like having watched the TV series and now reading the book, the TV series is, is great in its own way and has, you know, prob- problematic endings for various people or whatever, but I really enjoyed the whole series. Now the book is like kind of reading, reading that. Uh, it's a nice way to get like, sort of like a lot more color behind the stories that I watched in, in the video version. Um, and so anyways, I didn't, I was diving, I dove into the book cause I was without books for a while and just quickly grabbed one. Cause I thought I've always wanted to finish this. And now I'm like sucked into the, back into the Game of Thrones storyline in a big yeah. way. And so when I saw this, yeah, like game, I, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> when I, when I saw this game come out, the, um, that was like, oh shoot, this, I think I want to play this. Even like, even if it's kind of crap, kind of like, you know, the old Star Wars games that came out for computer games or whatever, it wasn't a great game, but it was still Star Wars. It had the the thing you got to sort of interact with the characters that you're reading or watching about and wanting to just have more of right now. Cause you're kind of just hungry for more Star Wars. And I'm in that similar state of like, I just want to explore more of this universe. I don't want it to end. I know it's going to end and not very satisfying necessarily, but let's go back right. and enjoy part of this. Uh, mainly because not the nothing on the TV series, but like the books just aren't done yet. So I, it, I can't end the series even if I want to. Um, and hopefully George R. R. Martin lives long enough to finish the books, I guess. Uh, yeah. If he, if he wants, if he wants to, <laughs> yeah. Like I don't, I don't really see myself going back and rewatching any of the, the TV show partly because of how it ended, but just partly also like, I think the experience was watching it at the same time as like everyone was watching it. Right. In mm-hmm. some ways. Um, I'm not sure it has the same kind of, um, you know, where, where it seems like right now, like everyone I know seems to be going back and like rewatching all of Parks and Rec or Star Trek or something during quarantine. Right. Yeah. Um, but, but what I like, liked about the game so far, and, and I haven't, you know, explored all of the branches, but I've played it through r- basically two and a half times, except the, the second time I tried, it seemed like I got stuck where no more story quests were coming. So I just restarted, um, uh, cause there's sort of, there's the main story quest, but there's like just little repetitive little side things to keep you busy in between the, the big story quests. But what it reminded me, and, and I don't know if you found this in the story is that like, the some of the lore and the big stories of of what's happening are that weren't part of the main story of of the show or the books are kind of interesting. So like this is that kind of background flavor for the world that isn't tied to you know maybe certain characters who are involved with the Night Watch that I didn't really like enjoy or find as compelling as some of the supporting characters. So mm-hmm. this is basically it's it's all just uh, background characters. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's been fun. It would, it would definitely be one worth, I think, especially if you're interested, 
like you said in the in the book series to to play through at least once and and kind of explore um there's there's an interesting twist in one of the main stories that I I won't go into but like it it really kind of reframes a lot of the the lore around um this part of the the fictional world that is really interesting so I definitely would would recommend uh, at least getting to that part and seeing how how that sits with you. Yeah, and you wonder how much of it is like you know obviously taking it out of the time like right it's it's pre you said sort of like a prequel almost but like familiar. Yeah, it, it goes all the way back before like it starts with like the first men era oh, and okay. goes yeah. forward and ends basically right before the um, the storyline of the show. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's where, it, yeah, it would be interesting to have that. And how much of that is actually canon versus like, that's always the, the debate in star Wars obviously is like, which, right. This obscure book over here, reference some weird thing. Does that count now as part of the star Wars canon? And, and so similarly here with HBO, well, sorry, game of Thrones series, I guess probably doesn't have quite the same, um, yeah, media empire that, that star Wars does in the history yet, but potentially could, but yeah, some, you could see us in 10 years yeah. referencing the, Remember that game, <laughs> Apple Arcade, where yeah, yeah. Jon Snow did, or I guess not yet, but like, yeah, anyways. Um, yeah. But that, yeah, totally. That's where, but, it, like, it, it's fun just to be able to have a, a bit of more play in that world. And and does make, I know there's been other, like, um, is it Telltale or Turntale? I forget. They have, like, some of their, mm-hmm. like, the Batman series and the, uh, there is, they had a Game of Thrones game as well that I think was tied to the show more than the books as well, probably. Um, if I'm not mistaken, yes, it, it was tied kinda, to the show and, uh, I, I played a bit of it and it depicted kind of a side story that was going on in the background during like season three or four, roughly, if right. I remember right. Yeah. Cause it's the, the whole world that George R.R. R. Martin made is definitely rife with like side stories and you could, there's so much stuff you could even, like I said, watching from, from the show to the book, there's so much obviously that is filled in and, and longer, way longer than I was depicted in the show and uh, and even just stuff that just was completely skipped over obviously just in this interest of time and what mm-hmm. makes for a good tv versus what makes for a good story but um and even just characters emotions and stuff that you feel not that this is a book review podcast but at all but <laughs> i've really enjoyed actually going back through it and so that yeah something like this is where i could see and that's maybe where they had planned like obviously the game developers weren't like hoping that game of thrones the series ends on a sour note for a lot of people <laughs> and then maybe they delayed the game just because it was like let's not put it out right now where well there's a mm-hmm. whole bunch of negative sentiment about the game or about this tv series uh let's wait a little while and and we'll uh yeah it'll be a fresh fresh re relook at game of thrones and people won't necessarily associate us with how everything ended yeah it, i will say it is interesting to see you because know, I, I feel like i mostly associate apple arcade with sort of these more artful uh so-called indie type games or at least small studio games but then they have this this sort of recurring set of big licenses right like they've got this this uh hbo game of thrones one there have been a couple different nickelodeon games um you know I, like i said i i tried that one spongebob one and there i saw there's a samurai jack one um so it's interesting to see that Apple is obviously seeking a mix of familiar properties and, you know, novel kind of one-offs. Yeah. When looking at the, at the, sorry, I just started playing the video. I don't know if you heard that, but the stream would have heard it, but visually it's like, it's an interesting graphic style. It doesn't look like, it doesn't look amazing as far as compared to the other. It's a, it's a certain style like that isometric, I guess, and sort of. It's, uh, and like kind of cell shaded. Um, yeah. If you look at the the colors and and stuff. 
Yeah. So it's not like it doesn't feel vibrant and intense like I would have thought Game of Thrones would be. Like the series certainly has a lot of a very stark, <laughs> no pun intended, uh, <laughs> uh, color contrasts and stuff. And so yeah. it's this is an interesting choice visually to go with, but. Um, it almost compels me more to want to see it because it's like, okay, well, that doesn't look like how I think it looks. So maybe the game is actually going to be really interesting because of how it yeah, plays. So, all right, I'm talking myself into back into a subscription. <laughs> so have, the longer we talk, I better stop. <laughs> well, well, so maybe I think I, I know, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of rumors about what's going to be announced this fall in terms of, you know, hardware and maybe accessories and, uh, you know, maybe new sorts of subscription models. Um, are those the sort of things that would that would probably bring you back to Apple Arcade or no? I think the main one, the biggest one is the Apple TV. And that's like, ultimately that would be, because that's, again, I find myself, I don't want to sit on the couch with my phone or I don't have an iPad that's worthy of playing the Apple TV. And so if I could hook up my the Xbox controllers I already have to the Apple TV every now and then and play one of these cool games right on, like sitting on my couch and on the big TV that I already own, uh, that to me is where the the deal breaker is right now and how I could justify the, whatever it is, five bucks a month every so often. Like, I think it's nice how it's a subscription-based thing and I could cancel in the summer when I know we're not going to play and not feel like I'm missing out and I don't have to do the annual subscription if I don't want to and things like that. Um, but yeah, the I was with at our cabin this weekend, the family cabin, which has the Apple TV 4K at it. And every time I come home, I think, oh yeah, I want to buy one of those because that was fun. It was neat. It was easy to, you know, we loaded up, we watched Thor Ragnarok and we own that already on Apple, whatever it's called, Apple TV library music movie thing. <laughs> and yeah, and they uh, keep changing the name. I think yeah. it's still iTunes, maybe. <laughs> yeah. So, and then like seeing the arcade and stuff that's there and being, I didn't tie into it because the internet was just, really slow. So I didn't even bother, but, um, yeah, it would be nice to do that. But then I come home and think, no, wait, it has to be like imminent that a new Apple TV is coming. I'm not going to be the one who finally buys it and then <laughs> kicks the, kicks the sales number over enough. They're like, okay, Tim is like watching. He's like, okay, we've got 399,000. Yep. We just need one more. And then we're going to announce the new one. And I want to <laughs> be that guy. <laughs> so someone else buy more, <laughs> clear out yeah. the inventory. Yeah. So, uh, any, any other games that you, I know you've mentioned kind of animal crossing, getting back into Fortnite, obviously being popular with the kids, anything else that, that is, that we've missed that we've been playing in this, in this gap? No, like the definitely, um, on the phone, nothing Apple arcade related, but you and I know, I know both have been, uh, playing, um, good Sudoku. Is that what it's called? I can't look yes. at the phone right now. Yeah. But yeah. Good Sudoku. Uh, I, I still haven't bought it. I'm tempted. It's like five bucks. So it's like a month of Apple arcade, I guess, but like, um, I'm tempted because the ads are so horrendous in the game and take you right out of what you're doing. Like all of a sudden it's just like a blast of like some weird zombie game or whatever that you're, it's suggesting you buy, at least for me anyways. And, and I always accidentally tap it and then end up in the app store and trying to buy it and then have to go back to the Sudoku and then end up watching the, you know, have to watch this, the commercial or whatever. So I, I just can't, I'm at the tipping point for that one where I'm like, I don't think I'm going to play it anymore, but then I keep going back to it. So maybe I should just buy it. Um, and then actually with Fortnite, despite all my disparaging remarks about this, the addictive qualities of Fortnite and with kids, but it's something that we've actually been doing lately as a family, except for my wife, because she doesn't, she's not too interested in Fortnite at all, but uh, understandably, um, but I'll sit down and play and they'll direct me. So it's like, kind of like they're the, <laughs> they're telling me what to do, what to, where to mm-hmm. go. And so it's kind of fun. I, I know they get a kick out of like telling me, oh, dad, why did you grab that? Oh, no, don't do that. Or whatever, you know, like, why are you going here? And like, 
uh, that kind of stuff and like shouting at me while I'm trying to shoot somebody across the thing or whatever and horribly missing. And then the occasional times where I managed to like, you know, snipe somebody from 6,000 feet away or whatever. And I'm the hero for a few moments anyways. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and so that's been actually a little bit of fun, especially just now with the, <clears throat> excuse me, try that again, especially now with the, um, Marvel tie-in that they've just recently announced. It's kind of just neat to see the, the Thor and Iron Man and stuff in the game and the, the Quinn jets kind of like as when the Fortnite bus is dropping you over the Quinn jets, four of them, I think if it's not Quinn jets, maybe it's something else, but I forgot. Anyways, four of them kind of fly and, and escort you to the Island um, and stuff. Cause there's the, you know, the big doomsday event is happening and you're supposed to defend the, the, uh, the Island from this. You're kind of unifying with the Marvel characters against uh, I'm going to forget. I forget. It's not Dr. Doom, but someone else is trying to, the eater of worlds guy <laughs> galactus yes that's the one there you go is taking over and kind of like coming to eat the island or whatever and so it's funny because the in the bigger scheme of things going back to apple stuff with there's a big apple epic at the risk of repeating every other podcast i'm sure that's been going for the last two weeks but in light of the big epic apple sort of standoff over including Fortnite in the app store because of its external buying ability where you can buy v bucks outside of the app store with a link from the game and then being removed from the app store. Um, knowing now that Apple or sorry, that Epic games had this Marvel license tie in lined up right to go as well. When they knew that there's a possibility that the, not only the app store, but actually the Mac entirely is excluded. So I can't on my laptop, I can't actually play Fortnite with the Marvel tie and it won't update because that mm-hmm. version isn't getting updated as well. Um, I don't know. It just like escalates the whole thing even further that somehow Marvel would have had to have been aware that this maybe was going on, potentially missing out on whatever. I don't know what the time, who pays who there exactly. Like Epic probably has some sort of financial, you know, sharing of, of skin purchases with Marvel, which sounds right. awful, but um, the, that tie in like potentially is losing them a million dollars, let's say, or whatever the number is. I don't know, some number because of the standoff that they have with Apple. Um, and and yet they're still all willing to go ahead with it. So Marvel's kind of got lumped in with this fight with Apple and used it almost as, as ammunition as with, with Apple in the whole process. And so just fascinating to me, I'd love to hear the story yeah. after the fact here of how this all played out in the boardroom meetings and whatever that went on and emails behind the scenes to figure this yeah, out. Yeah. I mean, it, it definitely feels like, especially having like the, the parody ad prepared that they did, you know, as Epic obviously planned oh, yeah. to do this, like they, they knew they were going to get smacked down and they were ready for it. But it is interesting, like you said, that they decided that now was the right time or that the risk worked out um, for them uh, or that the the marketing around it would work, work to their advantage, even if they end up losing something in the ongoing um, lawsuit. Um, mm-hmm. I did see there was a whole concern over whether Epic's Unreal Engine would be allowed to be used by other games inside the App Store. And I guess that got temporarily resolved by like a judge, but yeah. that's still part of the ongoing discussion. So, I mean, it's it's a huge thing. It's it's huge companies duking it out. Um, it's uh, yeah, we're really it's kind of silly on some level, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> um, well, yeah, and like what uh, Lorene Powell is what the largest individual stockholder in Disney, which owns Marvel and one of the largest stockholders in Apple, uh, you know, like yeah. weird, weird stuff like that. Uh, and and yeah, you just kind of wonder like what was all going on behind the scenes that, you know, at this level, uh, I'm sure someone at Epic can, can get Tim on the phone, right? Exactly. Like, 
<laughs> if they wanted to. And uh, it feels like maybe they wanted the public fight. Yeah. Yeah. And they have the like, we're doing it for the developers, for the small guys. We're doing it for you. Yeah. And I'm sure the small guys are like, could we just have like a couple thousand dollars to finish our game? And like, no, we're going to have this fight. Let's fight. <laughs> it's like, yes. No, we yeah. just want to make games. Please just let us make games and sell them and <laughs> make some money. <laughs> yeah. Give us some of your Fortnite bucks. Yeah, get paid Get paid in V-Bucks. So thank you for watching and listening to 25 Cents, a video game podcast. You can find me on Twitter at iChris. You can find me on Twitter and most everywhere else as UltraNerd. That's N-U-R-D. And you can find 25 Cents, of course, wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to check out the Good Stuff Patreon, patreon.com slash goodstuff to help support the old podcast network here. And uh, we'll see you again next episode. Bye. Bye.